You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Hey, everybody. What do you say we play a game? It's an old Earth tradition where, you know, um, uh, we start talking about Star Trek and then you call us and tell us all the ways that we've disappointed you. It'll be fun, right? And I'll pass some hors d'oeuvres. It's 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and you're with us, and it must be time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Heather Barker, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we're at the midway point of Strange New World's second season with a pleasant little game of charades. Pleasant only if you're not playing with Vulcans. They're not known for being much fun at parties, unless that is you like your tea hot. Very hot. (laughs) <laughs> yes, very hot. And w- welcome back, Heather, by the way. And I, I hope that you're doing well. I'm much better. I am over the uh, rice and flu or whatever that was that I had last week. And welcome back to you. Like Thank a welcome you. back party to everybody here. It is a welcome uh, back party. Very yeah. excited to have you back. Well, the feeling is mutual. Good to see you, and it's good to be seen. So here we are, yes, with a little fun game of charades, and uh, hopefully nobody burns their hands on a pot of tea. That reminded me of the opening of Kung Fu. I don't know if you remember the opening credits of that show from the 70s, where he puts his arms on the (laughs) hot pot, you know, that. Anyway, well, look, all of you, if you would like to be a part of our live discussion tonight, you know what to do. And if you don't, Heather is going to tell you. Just click on the Zoom link or give us a ring using the one tap from your smartphone, or you can call us 669-900-6833 and enter the meeting code and password you see in the show notes, and the Earl Green of the Earl Green Room will let you right on in. Excellent. And while we are waiting for you to queue up, why don't we say hi to some of the folks who are in the chat? Very happy to see both. Finally, I got set up with uh, YouTube and Facebook <laughs> so I can say hi to Mark Welch. I can say hi to Scott Palm. Pleasure to see you, friend. Dave Taylor. Let's see. There's Dominic. Love Dom from our Discord chats, as always. Tracy Coco. Pleasure to see you. There's Michael. Let's see here. Michael says right away, good evening. This was a fun episode that reminded me of some of the character work Enterprise did with the Vulcan people. Excellent. It's been a long nice. time since I've watched Enterprise. So glad to have that little refresher there. Uh, there's David. There's Jane. There's Elizabeth. There's Aaron. There's another Paul. I hope we get uh, so many Pauls tonight. Three. There's, yeah, three. That, that's all we hope for. <laughs> Carrie Reed. There's BC, of course, with an Alamorain. And again, how dare you? Uh, we got Alan, and let's see who else we got. Uh, ooh, we got Frankie. We got uh, Tim. We got Julie. We got, uh, ooh, did I miss anybody? Ooh, there's another Tim. We got two Tims. We're going to start a new club. Jackpot. And I believe we have our, th- I think we have our third Paul. Ooh, and uh, Mike Mullen as well, a little uh, Trek insider. Of our very own right there. Yes. All right. Well, welcome to all of you. I see we already have a few callers lined up. If you want to get on on that, you know what to do. Before we get to the recap, let me remind everyone what's happening in Mishalog land. This week, our coverage of Voyager continues on Thursday with Voyager's season four premiere, Scorpion Part 2. That, of course, is the one where Janeway just seems to be determined to prove the old story about the scorpion and the frog is wrong, so she gets bitten again. And also, here's what's happening elsewhere in Mission Log Programming. Heather, what do we have to look forward to? All right. On Mission Log Prodigy, Char, Earl, and Norm recently recorded a very important episode covering the official decision by Paramount Plus to cancel, boo, Star Trek Prodigy, and what the future holds for season two. And then over on Mission Log, The Orville, Captain Mike Richards and Jessica Lynn Verdi are currently covering the graphic novels. Coming this week, they chatted with David Cabeza, the artist responsible for the illustrations in the Orville comics, along with guest PJ from Orville Nation and Elise Hargraves from Phoenix Development, who is designing the Orville 3D experience video game. That is rad. That is so uh, cool. I'm, I'm very impressed with their guest lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. So follow at mission logs slash well uh hash that thing 
Hyphen. The there we go. Hyphen. Thank you. <laughs> it's late. My brain doesn't always work well. Uh, so ML hyphen the Orville on Twitter and be sure to check out the Orville Library Edition graphic novel. We share the links in each episode. Please remember that these shows and more are available at podcast.runberry.com and can both be enjoyed on YouTube as well. That address is youtube.com slash runberry entertainment. Yes. All right. And here we go. Without further ado, let's knock through this recap because I cannot wait to hear what people have to say about charades. The Enterprise is on its way to the Vulcan system, which affords a few things to happen. Chapel can interview for a fellowship to study at the Vulcan Science Academy. Spock can have the ritual Vashal engagement dinner with T'Pring and her family. And both of them can study the mysteries of a moon where the ancient Kirk... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong every single time. Kirk... Kirkvians? Kirkavians? It's, this is going to be hilarious the whole time where they once lived. That species was rumored to possess incredible medical knowledge, but at some point disappeared. When Spock and Chapel approached the moon where the Kirkovians lived, the an energetic anomaly drags their shuttle into a vortex, threatening to shake the vessel apart. After some time, Spock awakens in sickbay, told that he and Chapel were in a shuttle accident, but to his shock, he has somehow been transformed into a human. Una and Laan investigate the shuttle involved in the strange incident with Chapel and Spock. It's in perfectly fine condition, but they find an odd piece of alien tech, which turns out to be subspace communication coordinates. Pike initiates first contact, but the entity on the other end, calling itself Yellow, doesn't seem interested in conversation. It merely states that the shuttle got too close to their transport tunnel and, uh, oh, and was damaged. According to their laws, the shuttle and its occupants were remediated and returned, and no further contact is necessary. The remediation was based on the wrong instructions, though. When Yellow shuts off the comms, Pike has to explain to Spock that the Vulcan DNA in him was seen by the Krakovians as incorrect and thus removed. So Spock is indeed human until they can find a way to reverse it. It'll take time, and that leaves human Spock with some time to return to duty and socialize. It's an odd adjustment for him and everyone around him. Spock is prone to outbursts in the extreme, laughing, lashing out in anger, devouring all the bacon in sight. But Chapel and Mbenga work so hard as they can. In between, Chapel tries to wrap up her interview with the Vulcan Science Academy. That does not go well. And speaking of things that don't go well, there's the matter of Spock's mother unexpectedly beaming aboard the Enterprise. Spock tries to hide his transformation, literally and figuratively, but a mother knows all. They can't revert Spock back to his Vulcan state in time, and they can't postpone the Vashal dinner. There's the matter of political ties, as well as the personal pride, all watched over with scrutiny by T'Pring's mother, T'Pril. So Amanda, with the help of Captain Pike, will have to help her son to lie, to pass for Vulcan, and go through a number of uncomfortable and sometimes humiliating rituals, all while Spock wears some prosthetic ears. Meanwhile, Chapel hatches a plan to have her crewmates back to the moon where she can attempt to contact the Kirkovians. It seems to be the only way to help Spock, as she and Mbenga have come up short on ways to repair his genetic code. Tapring arrives before her parents, partly to express her frustration with her mother and to reemphasize how important this meeting and the rituals really are. Spock can't bring himself to tell her the truth about what's going on with him, and in short order, the parents arrive. Tapril is full of regal coolness. Her husband is a sycophant. Try as Spock and Pike do to postpone the ceremony of Vashal, Tapril is ready to move right ahead. That makes Chapel's unorthodox mission even more important and dangerous. Ortegas pilots the shuttle close enough to the anomaly where they first encounter the Kirkovians, and despite the turbulent entry, they soon find themselves in the relative calm of the Kirkovians' domain past the transport site. 
One of the entities introduces itself as blue, and Chapel makes an appeal to speak to Yellow about Spock's condition. Yes, the Kirkovians remediated him, but they did it wrong, and now the real Spock could be lost forever. Yellow fails to understand the importance Spock has to Chapel, and Ortegas and Uhura encourage her to speak from her heart about how important he is to her, and how Chapel needs him to be how he was, the part that she was connected to. And they'd all better hurry. Spock has endured the pain of holding a scalding teapot, the personal sniping and exposure of his flaws from Tapril, and now they are nearly to the point in the evening that would require a mind meld between the betrothed and their parents. Captain Pike steps in to slow things down with the suggestion of a game of charades. But just then, Chapel has returned from the Kirkovians with a gift, Spock's vitamins that in secret she tells him will return to him will return him to his original genetic state the physical changes will occur over time before the ejection though chapel asks spock about something kirkovians confided in her during their original shuttle accident spock diverted the shields to protect her rather than himself and she wants to know why he says it was the logical choice but before he can express more she quickly injects him with the cure for his condition. Returning to the Vishal, Spock mind melds with his mother, and she shares with him the memory of an ordinary day from his childhood. Tapril objects at the mundanity, but Tapring reminds her that an opinion isn't required, just acknowledgement that the ceremony has been completed. It's over, but as a parting shot, Tapril gives the ultimate backhanded compliment that she is impressed that someone with Spock's handicap of being half-human could perform the ritual at all. And with that, summoning up a profound bit of courage, Spock reveals that a human did indeed just complete the Vishal as he pulls off the prosthetic ears Mbenga had made for him. And he also takes the opportunity to thank his mother for her tireless compassion and love in the face of Vulcan judgment. All's well that, uh, well, maybe not so much. In her unemotional way, Tapring seems hurt that Spock didn't confide in her about his temporary condition. He did confide in his crewmates, though, so maybe he doesn't trust her? Perhaps it's time for these two to take a break. In the aftermath, Pike shares a tradition, a sip of bourbon, to commiserate with Spock. Sometime later, Spock sees his mother away, and he asks about the memory that she shared with him, a day at school when he was accepted by his Vulcan peers, and neatly illustrates how out of place Amanda was as an adult human on Vulcan, the difficulty she had following her heart to love a, hum- uh, to love a Vulcan. They share a warm goodbye, and then Spock is visited by Chapel in his quarters. He wants to tell her that he and T'Pring are taking time apart, and that he is conflicted by his feelings for another. And did Chapel have anything to tell him? We don't know, because immediately she goes in for a massive kiss. The end. Can Very I get an job. awe? Yeah, no, I was like... <laughs> smiling and it was in my heart um great recap lots of comments in chat um saying oh good recap as well but yeah but man that kiss i totally bought this episode i don't think too hard about it and i don't go on the internet um (laughs) but but i i i don't know that i'm loving what they're doing with filling in the blanks and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've I'm not really a, a I'm not a Tapring Spock shipper. I'm not really a Chapel Spock shipper, but mm-hmm. they just work so well together that yeah, that this episode provoked a lot of emotion and I was just like, yes, finally. Good kids. <laughs> Look, I, I don't want to jump to the end and just sort of give away everything that I feel about this episode, but <laughs> I'll I'll say a little bit here and just say that you know, for all the times that modern Trek will will deeply explore an idea, they, they'll take this like Spock Chapel romance or the Spock to bring, you know, uh, uh, 
moment that we had in TOS and and do a, a deeper dive into that. Sometimes it really puts me off because I think like we've seen it, we've done that. We don't need to just keep exploring familiar territory, but then they can come along and they can do an episode that peels back more layers of the onion. And I go like, oh, they took this one thing and they gave it more depth. They gave it more heart. So I guess I can let it slide in that case <laughs> and and just this episode ha- really has a way of winning me over i i think in terms of balancing comedy with heart and with genuine character growth because they they could have just picked any one thing they could have just said we're going to do the funny episode where spock becomes human okay you can do that. He can blurt out all the things you've always wanted him to hear. But then if you don't follow that up with heart and humanity, then it might just feel like kind of a blow off. Um, but let's let's see how our listeners think they did. And let's start off with Chris, who, by the way, Chris, we missed you taking a shot of something right before <laughs> you joined us. I want to know what that was, because I've just got water, my friend. Uh, yes, these, these are my vitamins. I uh, know this is mm. the uh, see if I can mm-hmm. get it do it maybe mm-hmm. there we go the, ah, yeah. the brown sugar bourbon that oh I there you go yeah you got it nice um good call. maybe i'll bring to vegas this year so good there the we go party if you the hookup um but no yeah i i really like this episode sort of to what both you guys were saying like for me the appeal of strange new worlds is not the like the meticulous like timeline filling of like how do we get from ethan peck's box to nimoy's box it's more of the right. the sort of the moments and the way that these new people are infusing life into these characters and especially jeff bush's chapel just oh my goodness like because we know they're gonna break up right that's, that's very clear yeah. we know how tos huh? goes we know the end of this story but it right. doesn't matter because the way jeff bush is infusing this like longing and her desire for connection like yeah, there's just wonderful, wonderful episode. Love just Bush. Two two things about that. Uh, one is that as far as that canon filling, of course we know that there is a Dr. Roger Corby somewhere in between this moment and TOS, and I was glad that he got a shout-out in there. I thought that was uh, really yeah. worthwhile. And the other thing that I like is that we got to at least get some hints about Chapel's romantic and personal life outside of Spock, too. You know, you think about it, we've only had 15 episodes of Strange New Worlds. We have had half of a TOS season worth of Strange New Worlds. And we have fleshed out these characters in a really good way. And it's kind of cool to see Chapel come to terms with her own feelings and the depth of those feelings, um, given the little hints that we've gotten up until now. No, definitely. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. think back to like whatever the episode was in season one where they're on shore leave and she's like dating the guy and she's trying to break up with the guy. Like it's very clear that she is trying not to be in serious relationships at this moment yes. when we meet her and she just cannot help but fall for Spock. And I think that's what makes it so compelling is that like she, she's trying so hard to like disobey and it's like, Nope. The little like inner part of her is like, no, you're you're gonna fall for this guy. You have right. to. This is the way it's gonna be. And but yeah, yeah. I, I want to jump over the. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Heather, oh, I was gonna just gonna. Chat. I was just gonna say that all of that for me does play into the TOS character because you understand the the pining and the longing <laughs> that Chapel yeah. does, and I'm really glad that she's not just pining and longing uh, in Strange New Worlds, and that she also had a different like it wasn't just about the love interest for her in this episode either like she was out there being a badass doing science and saying i'm too good for your program mr vulcan bye um Mm. and so it was really great to have the balance so that it wasn't just her and the love story part right um i i want to jump here to uh some of the chat comments julie says star trek rarely does humor this well i laughed and laughed and what a great performance by ethan peck look he was good anyway (laughs) and i i love that they found a way to really play up his comedic chops um absolutely 100 percent agree with you there um uh john 
uncombs and the chat says, I put off watching this episode when I saw the description. It sounded too absurd to be enjoyable. Finally watched it. It was absurd as I expected. And I loved it. How do they keep <laughs> doing that? <laughs> and then uh, Narda says it was a fun episode, but as a TOSer from reruns in the early years, I find it difficult to accept the characters as my beloved TOS cast. Still, I respect it and respect all who truly love it. That is really nice, Narda. Thank you. And, and Scott Palm saying Chapel and Spock, the new it couple. Uh, <laughs> so I love seeing these comments here. I think it was uh, in there. Someone with like the ship. Yes, Apple. Apple or chalk are your choices. Neither of which are. No, none of them work. (laughs) No, those do not work. Yeah. Uh, BC says that he missed the Corby reference. Well, uh, in their early part, before Chapel has her interview with the Vulcan, the first interview with the Vulcan Science Academy admin. she is being quizzed by her crewmates about the three rules of what medical archaeological medicine archaeological medicine yeah. the, the three corby rules yeah so nice reference there chris any other thoughts before we jump over to our next caller yeah uh, i mean one well, archaeological medicine is always it was a fun callback to season one where it's like sewing haha stitches that was, that yes. was a good joke in season one. Um, yes. I also learned that I want Jess Bush to narrate all audiobooks until the end of time based mm-hmm. on her opening mm-hmm. log. Uh, just the, so the way she delivers the lines and her, uh, yeah, please, yep. more Jess Bush audiobooks. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> Fully agreed. <laughs> all right, Chris, thanks so much. Take care and we'll see you next time. Okay? All right, see you around, guys. Be good. All right, and let's uh, let's welcome Brandon to the show. Brandon, Hi, how you doing, Hi, my friend? Good to I'm see you. Good. Thanks. Good to see you too. Um you are aware of my feelings of on hijinks. Um <laughs> well now wait a minute. The, the, there are hydrate I, I would say that there is madcap screwball fun. I would say that uh there is whimsy. Um what, Perhaps what else? Shenanigans. Perhaps shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um I thought so. I thought that the I have to meet the in-laws and it's a bad situation and something's going wrong and I'm going to try and hide it and I'm not going to tell my fiance this thing that's important, even though I yep. totally should. I thought all of that was whatever, but everything that they built around that was fantastic. I mean, you could I had a great time because I could feel the actors having a great time and because just each of the moments that we went through was done so well. Yeah. Um, it was, it was an absolute blast. I think the scene where, uh, uh, Uhura, La'an, Una, and, um, uh, Erica all did their impressions <laughs> of Spock. Oh, yeah. I think I oh backed that God. up like five times. <laughs> um, it was, that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I think what's really interesting in this episode is I'm starting to notice, and maybe I'm very slow and everybody else has already noticed this, um, but Strange New World seems to be doing with the Vulcans what Next Gen and DS9 did with the Klingons, which was show us that whatever they say about what they are, how they describe themselves, uh, they're they're not really that as much, not to the extent yes. that they think they are. Yes. Um, they're not particularly dedicated to logic when it's inconvenient. I mean, Tapril is flatly racist, <laughs> yes. um, which yep. is yes. completely illogical. Um, she's spiteful. She's rude. Savet isn't uh, 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 isn't emotionless. Oh, he's, he's a doormat. He's, he's a just doormat. a door, and it's he's hilarious. An adorable doormat. Yeah, he really is, and I think even more adorable is that connection that Pike keeps trying to make with him. <laughs> it's oh. so yes. sweet. Yeah. It's so kind, and it just shows that not every Vulcan is a pillar of logic and reason and manners. This poor guy, you could just feel him struggling through his life. But also, you, you can see him light up. You can see him get really yes. excited. Oh, really? That's yes. so delicious. Oh, oh, I mean, no, I know. Yeah, it's so good. By the way, uh, you will be happy to know that in my notes, I use the word hijinks. Um, <laughs> I, I actually did because I said that this is an episode where, yes, this is hijinks. 
And Star Trek can do hijinks like putting Spock in a gangster suit or mm-hmm. putting Kirk in a woman's body or a woman's psyche in Kirk's body. But but the difference here is that this is hijinks done with this level of heart. And mm-hmm. and I feel like it really pushes the characters in a way and again peels back those layers to reveal who they are. So you can have hijinks and you know Star Trek can do romantic farce. But many times in like the TNG DS9 era, I felt like, okay, romantic farce, this is not working. I know there's only whatever it is, eight storylines that exist in the world. So every story we get is a rehash of one of those. But if you're going to rehash one, you've got to give it your own spin and you have to give it your own reason. And there's a lot of those that don't really hold up. And this one, I feel like we're going to tell an old story. We're going to retell it. So I definitely got romantic farce. That is front and center. Um, And then there are two movie references that maybe people, maybe you two, you can tell me if I'm totally off base here, but maybe people in our audience, um, I will surprise them with. One was uh, batteries not included because the idea of aliens trying to put things back together and doing it wrong, <laughs> that I thought of that. But more seriously, uh, the other one that I thought of was La Cage au Folle because I watched it not long ago. And the moment where Spock takes off the ears and reveals who he is in that moment, I thought of Alban in La Cage au Folle faced with bigotry and saying, no, 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 you liked me when you thought I was someone else. But now I'm going to show you who I really am. And I thought it was a lovely, heartfelt moment that really spoke to the morals, meanings, messages of the yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought that I really liked that moment. Um, and I really loved the journey that Chapel went on. Um I actually could have, mm, yes. I could have seen a little bit more of that and really enjoyed it. This whole sacrifice that she's, that she's making, uh, or at least it starts to, it, it seems like it's outlined as a sacrifice, right? Cause wouldn't a human Spock be like pretty ideal for Chapel? Um, but she's, that's not him and she's going to make the sacrifice for him. Um, at the end, the fact that that like, actually ended up really panning out super well for her right away. I was like, oh, well, okay. We could have seen that be a little uncomfortable and sad for a little bit, but yeah, I'll take yeah. it. I would have liked to have seen more of like what was happening with, with the aliens and how yeah. they were fixed to begin with. And then what, like how, what the cure was, but you know, that's, that's not what the episode was about in my book, you know, is the, uh, you know, you only have so much time. So, and it's first contact. So I just hand wave it away. I'm like, we don't, we don't Uh get to know because it's first contact. So, okay. My, my note about them is that they represent the worst customer service phone experience you can possibly get. Like, like you know, that the writer's room had to be thinking those terms. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The first line of my notes for this episode is I think blue and yellow work in the call center at my bank. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's perfect. Exactly. By the way, uh, uh, thank you everybody in the chat who got my Lacage references because uh, Emery Siegel referring to Song on the Vulcan Sand, la da 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 da. And then uh, Julie, but can Ethan sing I Am What I Am? And I, I hope he can. I, I, I would, I would bet money on it that he could. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, any other thoughts before we go to our next caller here? No, you know, that was what I had. I, uh, I just want to say thanks again, you guys. And, uh, pass it on to Paul. All right. Terrific. Have a good one, man. We'll see Take you next care, time. Bye. Good. Bye. All right, Paul, one of our many Pauls. <laughs> Paul, how are you doing tonight? John, you know, I'm right in time for that um, advertisement. Is it Patreon time or is it? It is Trek- almost Patreon oh, time. It you is. Know, Trek Wines time. I don't know. Pick a, pick one. We'll do a lead in. We're, we're giving the Trek Wines guy a little bit of a break because in two weeks, we're going to have nothing but Trek Wine. <laughs> so. Yes. So looking, so looking forward to that. I, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I dealt with blue and yellow today, and let, let's keep our fingers crossed that that the, <laughs> that the connection holds. The past two weeks, I've been in the Earl Green room and froze completely with the internet. So this is a wing and a prayer here tonight. So mm-hmm. um, five points. I'll put them out real quick in case I get cut off. Okay. When I'm when I'm still smiling. Second watch oh. is better than the first. It was yes. amazing. Agreed. Number two. 
Here's the quote. You want me to fly the three of us to another dimension so you can talk to ancient aliens. One of my favorite shows, <laughs> you know, gotta have, yes. you got to have yes. ancient aliens. And then she Love comes back, back with it a little later with the Jurassic Park quote, hold mm-hmm. on to your butts. Yes, right? yes, yes. <laughs> Melissa Navia for the win. Um, and now all I could think of watching uh, the three of them in uh, the alien space, let's call it, was mm-hmm. some of our callers on After Dark, the Patreon After oh. Dark, where we talk about the current episode. And I'm just thinking, yeah. is this what Jazz Gummies with Voyager is like? <laughs> I think so. I think that's 100% what it's like. <laughs> so we've got a few on the Discord or on the chat. Let's let's find out from a few of those unnamed entities whether or not this is what what. <laughs> Voyager right. Voyager on Jazz Gummies is really like. Exactly. And I, I'm going to go back to your initial point, you know, about how you can get tired of, of sort of the repeat. I will never get tired of Gia Sandu in Tapring Makeup, ever. Mm. And her performance countering Chapel's performance and Ethan Peck having to deal with, you know, playing ping pong between them. Oh, my word. Exceptional. Just an exceptional television show this week. I, I just enjoyed it. Just enjoyed it so much. So any or all of that, I, I'm interested. I think I think the makeup plays homage very well to the original to Pring. It's just amazing to put them side by side and look at it. And the costuming. Oh, the oh. costuming. Stunning. So, so amazing. Stunning costumes. Um, I, it, it's a really, you know, again, a, like a fine line doing this canon diving where you go find a footnote. Not not that Tapring is a footnote, but I mean, it, it was one episode and then never spoken of again, really, until now. It's a fine line when you can go back and pull the character and it not feel like you're just sort of telegraphing to the audience, hey, look, we watched this episode of Star Trek that you like. When you can actually take a character and give her some depth and give her, I feel like some redemption as well, because in a muck time, I I need to go back and rewatch it, but I feel like it's just this very two dimensional kind of icy thing where she's manipulative. And it's really just about Kirk and Spock fighting and Kirk and McCoy having their little trick to win in the end, you know, um, they really, particularly in this episode, but even in the lead up to this episode, they really gave to Pring, I think, uh, uh, a layer of sympathy that I have for his situation. And yeah, you can uh, tell like, okay, this is not going to work out with her and Spock, <laughs> no matter what. But you can still see that there's a genuine connection. You can still see that she is a person that we care about, not just a plot catalyst from an episode 56 years ago. So I, I, I love it when they can do that and, and make it really count and make it drive the other characters too. It They showed that she also accepts Spock for who he is. And that's yes. not something that we see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Time. So seeing right. that, you know, it, it really does humanize their relationship and make it something, something special as opposed to that really like two dimensional, one dimensional, even uh, what we saw. Yeah. Agreed. Paul, any other thoughts? Just real quick. If you on your rewatch, make sure you watch the, the subtle, but important eye gestures of both Tripring and of Pike at various, various places, the, the eye acting and following, particularly Tripring when she sees chapel, what is she doing here again? You could just see that in her face. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It, oh. it may be not so subtle, but my my favorite non-dialogue moment with Pike, other than the snap <laughs> towards the vet to, to get him more appetizers, uh, but it's the moment where the, uh, Spock's having this showdown with uh, T'Pril, and Pike is just walking toward the camera of the tray and immediately <laughs> turns away. <laughs> so exactly perfect. my point. Wonderful. Ex- exactly. We got the same scenes. Directed Pleasure. very well. Pleasure yeah. seeing you both as always. We'll see you two weeks in Vegas. Yeah. And all I got to say about Vegas is you sell these ads. We're going to need a bigger room, baby. That's- there you go, man. <laughs> all right. Take care, my friend. We'll see you see- soon. See you later. Bye-bye. 
Hey, and uh, speaking of all of that, Heather, it is about that time. It is the bottom of the hour, the mid-show, where we get to give a little shout-out, a little plug to our Patreon community, who also, most of you, I think almost all of you in Patreon, have joined us on Discord as well. So the way you get in is patreon.com slash mission log. And Heather, uh, my gosh, tell us what's going on there, because Just Strange New Worlds alone the conversation carries on over there in discord it does and you know that i love that we we get to talk you know the episode premieres when it comes out at like 3 a.m my time here in florida (laughs) Uh, so i do not watch it um but i wake up and like that thread is already going (laughs) and so we're talking about it in the discord and then on wednesday nights at nine i'm hosting the chat which is really an extension of this conversation. Like if, if you're you're not in the mood to call in and come join us on Wednesday nights. And that's been um, just really great because even more perspectives that, that we're sharing. What else? We've got Contiki on Tuesdays. We've got the Orville um, discussions mm-hmm. on Wednesday before Strange New Worlds. After Dark, of course, which everyone's been raving about. Um, We've got Babylon 5 on Fridays. We've got an international chat now, which is unfortunately at 6 a.m. my time. And although my dog does get me up at um, 5, I'm not ready (laughs) to do a chat. But I I do want to try to do something um, uh, to get to talk to all of our international patrons. Um, But yeah, we talk about all sorts of stuff. It's great. And the whole reason I'm going to STLV is to see everyone in our Patreon Discord family. Like, I'm there for you guys. Don't care if celebrities came or not. They're coming, which is great. (laughs) They are, yes. I'm coming for all of you. Well, that sounds weird. I'm coming (laughs) to hug all of you. positive thing i'll leave the bat left at home i promise yes a hundred percent i mean that that is uh such a great benefit and there are of course exclusive patreon things that happen uh you will be in the know about them if you join our patreon and uh, a lot of that development happens in discord so remember your patreon membership is your key to our discord and the chats there the the text chats happen all the time but these live video chats happen throughout the week um hosted by not just us but a number of people in the mission log community um and sometimes they just go on and on and on uh we kick back we we chat it's a an open forum for yes. many ideas and importantly it is a moderated place uh so people who are maybe put off by the loud cacophonous nonsense of other social media platforms might find that they have a much happier home in a place like our discord so yeah so if you want to join us patreon.com slash mission log that is your entry point you get cool stuff there anyway you get early access to shows you get norm's vam every week on our uh, early release of mission log but then the real heart and soul of it join us over at discord and we will see you there again patreon.com slash mission log all right let us go back to our callers we we have a tim i know there's more than one tim in the audience tonight but we have captured at least one of them in our (laughs) caller stream so tim welcome to the show and uh, what is on your mind tonight oh thank you john thank you heather it's been a while it's good to be back good to see Um, you thank you yeah likewise i um i i watch star trek with my wife her name is lisa and she is a very, very picky Star Trek viewer, but she loves uh, Strange New Worlds, loves it, cannot cool. wait to watch it every week. Mm-hmm. So earlier today, she said to me, are you going to call in tonight to Mission Log Live, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast? And I said, <laughs> well done. That's that's how we refer to it at the house. Good, and she, good, good. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. And she said, great. I've prepared a statement. For you ah, love it. And she handed me a document, a, a literal physical document. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, so I thought I could use my time to share her thoughts on the episode and, and the show in general. Um, oh, I absolutely insist. And, you know, what I'll do is I will email you a statement, which then you can print out and read to her in my voice. That would be... And even it's better, terrific. but yeah, <laughs> Please, I've, been, right ahead. 
I've been working on the impression, so it's, it's oh, good. terrific. Good. I'll send you a jacket, too. So. Oh, good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so here is here is my wife's statement. Uh, again, her name is Lisa. She, she writes, uh, as Tim's second wife, and I don't think that was a detail she needed to include, but that's fine. That's how we're starting, I guess. Uh, she says, I have a sampling of bullet points regarding the current state of Star Trek from a 45-year-old woman's perspective. I grew up okay. watching and loving TNG and read the TNG books religiously. Was never a fan of the original series as I am much younger than Tim. Again, a detail I don't think you didn't ask for that. Yeah. No. Uh, she writes Picard, the series was an abomination, which I don't agree with at all. Uh, she says, I am so pleased it is over. It was like watching an Access Hollywood host interview Steven Seagal about his most recent arrest or pending lawsuit. Uh, she writes, Tim strong-armed me to watch Discovery, and I hated it on about the same level as Picard. Hate Ooh, is the intended okay. and appropriate word I gave up and Tim forged on alone. This brings me to Strange New Worlds. Tim asked me again to watch, and I took one for the team. I watched, I'm watching, and I can't get enough. This show brings Whoa. all the feels, all the feels, and I am once Whoa. again in love with Star Trek. Pike's hair, Spock's chiseled contours, and outrageously yes. ample, mm. robust man bosom. <laughs> Combined with James Kirk's occasional appearances never cease to entertain me. I hope this show goes on forever. I love Strange New Worlds. I don't know if you guys have any pull with Paramount, but please, if you do, keep this show going. Bonus points if we get some topless male nudity from Pike and Spock. Signed, Lisa. So, there you have it. Tim, I, first of all, Lisa has a lot of fans in our chat right now. <laughs> I mean, a lot. And I'm thinking the next time I need to take some time off from Mission Log, I think Lisa should absolutely step in for, for me, because this is the kind of energy we need. Yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, the show will either be a rating smash or be canceled within one week for some sort of content inappropriateness. <laughs> but either way, it should be a fun. It should be a fun ride. I can tell you right now, I'm a fan of her perspective and her insights, and uh, I hope we get more of that in the future. Uh, that is, that's fabulous. Bravo, bravo. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And Lisa, yeah. thanks you. So that's it. That's all I have. I just wanted to share that. I appreciate the time and uh, I will let uh, Alan come on next. Oh, Alan brought props too. <laughs> okay. So, oh, of course he did. Of course. Yeah. It's like Carrot Top. You can't keep him down. <laughs> can't keep down a prop comedian. Tim, thank you so yeah. much. Thank Lisa again, sincerely from all of us. And uh, we will see you soon, I hope. Absolutely. Thank all you right. both. Good night. The Lug and Prosper. Right. Bye. All right. Now the question presents itself, Alan. Why are you wearing that silly hat? Well, I mean, this is the this is the uh, required uh, part of the uniform, uh, right? <laughs> right, fellow Vulcans. I mean, you know, this is this is what we all wear, correct? It's it's uh, it's uh, it's standard issue part of the uniform. It is. It's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I loved his reaction. It's not silly, mother. <laughs> oh, wait. And the wait, other, you, wait, you, you, you got to talk, Heather, so the mic activates. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no. Oh, my mic died again. Did it? There, no, you're good. You're on. Yeah. Okay, all righty. We're fine. All right, there he is. There we go. That's what we want. By the way, you yes. just you pulled a Dom. You did your Dom imitation by I having did. the perfect action figure ready. And um it's yeah. it's amazing. It and it's great that this is clearly the 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 go to method for disguising uh or or for the human to Vulcan uh disguise. It, yeah. it works equally well either way. Yep. It absolutely does. Um, I expect at some point we'll see him pull, you know, the lining from a robe and tie it like a headband. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So I, I very appreciate that you came on theme, Alan. Uh, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts about the show? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, another strong episode and 
I, I want to echo a lot of the things that, that have been said thus far. Great stuff for Ethan uh, as both a, a comedic actor and uh, there was there was there were some good dramatic moments too. Uh, the the scenes that I responded to the most, I think, were the scenes of him and Chapel, um, where he's just kind of like earnestly getting along and and you know trying to 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 cope with the situation, but you know just kind of being there for her for her situation too. You know the the hallway hug mm-hmm. uh, moment. Um, if let me let me uh, just uh, put this out there too uh, for the planet Vulcan. Uh, if you want the GOAT of suppressed emotional responses, look no further than Amanda, Mother Spock, and Grayson. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think she claimed her throne this week. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I feel, I don't know if we're supposed to feel sorry for her, but I mean, there was a big part of my heart that that kind of broke for her that she has put up with so much, presumably, over so many years, and clearly yeah. must deeply love Sarek, which is a little odd because Sarek is awful to Spock in so many ways. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a very, very weird sort of dynamic. That I mean, who knows? James Frain is still around. We could we could uh, we could maybe uh, get a little revisiting on that front too of the whole of the whole dynamic. Um, but yeah, just equally sort of a little bit sad, but also but also extremely glad and proud that uh amanda gets got that kind of a moment uh to really shine and for me a kirshner to play uh in fact that i, I kind of feel that way for her for chapel and for to for to bring as well this was i feel a, an episode that really respected their side of their relationships with Spock. It wasn't just about him. It was about the way that his character related to each of them and vice versa. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By the I, I need to share something here in the chat because Jane has hit on the head a note that I had, which is a nitpick. Please brush crumbs on the plate when clearing a table, not on the floor, please and thank you. <laughs> Jane, I am there with you. Yes, 100%. Um, I also want to throw this out there because I hope other people made the connection that I did in my head that there's a big part of Vishal that seems like Festivus to me, yep. which is oh, yeah. the, the airing of the grievances. <laughs> yeah? And, I got a lot I... of things to say to you people this year. <laughs> that just seemed like you, you just sit there and take it. <laughs> That's just like baked into the whole ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you want to improve, right? Like, mm-hmm. like all of us good Vulcans. It's only logical. See there again, that's Vulcans just using logic as a cudgel. <laughs> you <Yes. know? laughs> yeah. To, to get what they want. Um, also, you know, little things that I learned in this show. First of all, I, I love how much Spock loves bacon. I, oh. I absolutely related to that. That was a beautiful moment. One of many um, times I thought of you in this episode. Also, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, all like you said, all of the hors d'oeuvre stuff. And oh. question: Ortega's lunch or Uhura's lunch? Oh, both. Ooh. A little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You, you got to assume that I'm the Enterprise and pretty much get whatever you want. So both. Yeah. <laughs> Burger and sub. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that burger looked magnificent. It, it oh. looked like, you know, about twice the size of her hands. That, that <laughs> looked real. You know, that's something that I miss from um, Enterprise. Like, Enterprise was one of the first shows in the Star Trek canon that really, because they had Dorothy Duder, uh, the, the late Dorothy Duder, Doug Trexler's uh, uh, former wife, who um, 
did the food styling and just did a knockout job on that. And I feel like it's only in modern Trek where we've gotten this focus again. And I'm so glad that it is a character trait of Pike uh, that cooking is his thing. Like, like we know about the horses. We already know about that, but you got to give him a thing that helps define his character. And yeah, Mark says in the chat here, I knew that John would go to the bacon and the, and the food. <laughs> yep. yes. You are correct, Mark. Yes. Yeah. If are. there's, if there's a moral to this story, always use fresh herbs. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a really nice moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but it, you know, the, uh, those moments, it, it, like it, this is a script that I really respect because these moments that feel just like fun character business little bits, they, they all actually serve the characters. They all actually fit in really nicely. It didn't feel like there was nonsense just purely for padding. When I went back to write the, uh, the recap, I just kept thinking like, Oh, it's the romance <laughs> farce. There's a mistake. And then you, you fix a mistake and then you're done. And then I realized, yeah. well, wait, no, 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 no. So many of these moments reveal so much about what's going on. And even just the change in Spock's cadence, the change in the way that he says his dialogue really spoke to the emotional heart of what was happening. And we as the audience get to feel that kind of joy and exuberance while he's discovering it for himself. I thought he was magnificent in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just it, it, it totally feels like a completely different, but reimagined version of that character. And it's like, this is, this is Spock without the Vulcanness. And mm-hmm. and Spock as as a bit of a you know hormonal teenager because I mean Vulcans live much longer than than humans so what if a thirty year old is a the equivalent of like a, a thirteen year old right right let, let me throw this out to you uh, to you both because there was something about the mind meld that happened in here that I thought was really profound and really different from other mind melds in Star Trek, a lot of the most memorable mind melds are a character, whether it's Spock or Tuvok, whomever, going to get information, going to somebody's brain to pull out a piece of information. And this was one of the very rare mind melds where I thought that it was there for this like moment of connection to allow someone to walk a mile in someone else's shoes and to have a, a true moment of compatibility. And, and I thought that was one of the most touching things in here. First of all, because they played it so well and that, that sort of understanding at the end when, when we're saying goodbye to Amanda, I thought that really drove home what it was all about. But I, you know, the only other one really that came to mind was like, Spock mind melding with the Horda in the devil in the dark, because it was really the only time that a mind meld was there because, Oh, now I need to feel empathy for Mm -hmm. another being. And after that, it kind of feels like the mind meld was just like a, a a little bit of deus ex machina. Like we need to find a thing. (laughs) We have no other way to get it. We're just going to suck it out of somebody's brain and then move on with the story. Uh, <laughs> right yeah. exactly like that i hope yeah. that it was intentional and i feel like it very well may have been because something that strange new worlds has been doing like just within the development of all of these women characters um who were very one-dimensional um Sorry, my dog is distracting me. Um, <laughs> All fair. All fair. Adding, like, um, I just let that thought go because that thought went and and maybe it'll come back sometime. Um, Perfectly fine. Yeah, sorry well, yeah, about absolutely that. Absolutely fine. No, oh, no yeah. trouble at all. Yeah. Um, 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 go ahead, you, Ellen. I was going to yeah, ask you if you got feel... one more thought. We'll jump over to our last caller. Well, I was going to say that uh, kind of uh, Picard, Sarek, fits in that uh fits mm. in that criteria for me too where yeah. it's about okay I'm going to let you into my mind so that you can share my stability and and my um 
uh, clarity when you need it. Mm-hmm. And I'm meeting you on this level. It, it's not something that's being forced. It's not something that's being coerced. It's, you know, empathy freely given to to be used. And uh, if I do have one final thought, mm-hmm. um, since you guys were not here last week and missed, uh, missed the, the musical moment, uh, I do have <laughs> a little something prepared. Oh, good. Uh, this is... Good quite a challenging one so hopefully i don't screw it up now wait but, important uh, question did did you write it or did tim's wife lisa write it because uh, no uh, okay because she she's coming on board as a writer but yes go gotcha. ahead <laughs> no 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 yeah huh. i would never try to hurt you i just needed someone to cure me to fill the dna that's gone to fill this space of empty genes. I'm only human of flesh and blood I made. Really? Human yes. born to play charades. Very, very well done. Amazing. Very well Thank done. you. Please Thank forgive you. me. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, well done, my friend. Nicely done. Thank you for joining us tonight, and we will uh, we will see you soon. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Have a good one, and uh, hopefully, I will be available next week. Uh, we'll see how things go. I hope so too. Yeah, All right, take care, one. friend. See ya. Bye bye. Uh, by the way, yeah, uh, Alan getting shouts out from people in the audience. Carlos saying Human League, well done, Michelle. Brilliant, Alan. And uh, uh, a moment before, David pointed out something very important, to me at least. The bacon Spock had in this episode looked (laughs) thick-cut, big-time bacon, like the kind used on a bacon barbecue cheeseburger, not Denny's Thin Strip Grand Slam breakfast. You're right. That was a good-looking bacon. Uh, Here in Alabama, uh, we get Kaneka, which is a local uh, place, and that's like we make a special trip to go to the store that carries Kaneka bacon oh, and oh. only that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Maybe like I'll freeze some and bring it back to LA. We'll see. So I, I, I also want to confirm, though I didn't see anybody bring it up in the chat, but um, Leonard Nimoy loved bacon. Uh, see, there we go. Recipes we go. include bacon, bacon lover. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it would be Leonard approved. Mark is saying thick slice or no dice. <laughs> and uh, Anne-Marie very happy with the uh, the quoting David big time bacon. And yes, yeah, I think that's I think it's going to be uh, like a new call sign for us. Big time bacon. Somebody get at big time bacon. <laughs> That'll be us. All right. Wrapping things up tonight to to, you know, br- bring a little uh, 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 seriousness and some deeper thoughts to our show tonight, because we're just talking about bacon. It's Cherie. Go right ahead. Cherie <laughs> with the perfect. Hey! Yes. I don't know that I can promise deeper thoughts. (laughs) But well, what is on your mind tonight? Um, I was thinking uh, that the the aliens in this episode reminded me of the Enterprise episode Dead Stop, where the space station fixes their ship and it communicates with them in a similar way. It's basically just a phone tree in space, and so are these aliens. Right. And it just gives me flashbacks to all the times when I've had to communicate with the phone tree and I didn't want to. <laughs> it was so good. I, I, I loved the parameters of the setup. It's like, no, the, the time for complaints is you, you're outside that window and you're only a friend. So even still, like more points against you. It's just so many flashbacks from all the calls I've had to make in my life. <laughs> oh, so bad. Um, but I will say this episode was hard for me, though, because I love Pring so much. I love the actress mm. who plays her. I think um, she does an excellent performance. I think she's the most Vulcan Vulcan on this show. Mm. Um, uh, although her mother is, like, second best, because I think her mother did an amazing job at showing how you could be really mean Vulcan without, like, going outside the parameters of, like, showing emotions. But you're just, like, 
a trash person. <laughs> like, right, right. You're like, you, you're not, you're not, you're not exhibiting emotion. You're just terrible. <laughs> yes. Masters of passive aggression. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love, I love her as a Vulcan. And I, I feel like it's already broken canon what a good character she is because it's just not believable for her to like, become like this woman who only cares about like stealing spots land um, right but um yeah like uh i don't i don't really necessarily mind that because i'm not super attached to that canon so um yeah. i well, i just and, love and her character I- I feel like that's the kind of moment where you, you kind of keep in your head and uh, yeah, unless you're just really married to that one specific thing to me, it's really just about the plot point. It it just says, okay, in five to eight years or whatever it happens in the future, based on this story, they, they will be reunited in this really uncomfortable thing where Kirk has to fake his death to save his buddy to get away from Debris. Like, you know, I, I don't need to be too stuck on the character because I think, again, the character is really redeemed here. So the plot point becomes less important other than to just know, like, it happens. That's all right. And we move on from there. And I think this episode, though, also did a really good job of even though I love Dupring and I'm super sad that we like for me, like the saddest part is that this probably means we won't be seeing her as much. And that is super sad for me. Um, Mm. But I think they did an amazing job showing why they're not a great couple because it's never like directly addressed. But I, I interpreted it as... The reason Spock didn't just tell Dupring, even though I don't necessarily think he didn't believe her or that, like, maybe he didn't feel 100% accepted by her. But, like, they did share a lot and everything. And I think he does love her, but I think he's always really uncomfortable about his Vulcan side. Like, he feels like he doesn't measure up to his Vulcan side. He feels like he's not vulcan enough um like he he feels more comfortable around humans because like they they look at him and they see a vulcan um and he doesn't have to like have that fight with a human but he has to have that fight with like every single vulcan and like even though like you know he does love her like it's i think it's probably impossible for him to ever like be 100 percent comfortable with her because of that yeah i absolutely agree and honestly that all falls right in line with what we know about Spock throughout his journey is like always battling these halves of his personality and just look at where he's getting this from all sides. Like he's not always comfortable around the rest of the crew. Thank goodness he has that deep friendship with Kirk, certainly not comfortable around his own family. Um, And then you see back to his childhood when you go to an episode of like TAS yesteryear and then, reinvented in 2009 star trek like this is a guy who has been uncomfortable so much of his life of course it's going to screw up his ability to have competent relationships too you know right it also makes me sad though because we know he doesn't end up with chapel either so it was yeah, like it was like yeah. it was like oh you know it's good because you know that's the real relationship is like oh he doesn't end up with either of them what? but he yeah. ends what up with kirk he yes, ends up with kirk there Actually, you go that reminds me i was thinking when when tim was talking about his his wife uh wanting them to be um shirtless i was like well this is based on the original series and kirk and spock did get shirtless and oiled up a couple times at least so there you go i mean it's 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 canon um, there you go exactly well, they, they could do it yeah. And look, and I will say this, that, you know, even if we know it's not necessarily a happy ending for uh, Spock and Chapel in the respect that they don't end up together, we both know that they are competent characters beyond this, um, even if the romantic relationship can't or doesn't last. But I think that the two stories here have a real parallel in this episode, and that is that they both walk away learning a lesson in not relying on outside validation to be who they are. And I thought that was really cool. She doesn't need it from the Vulcan Science Academy. He doesn't need it from Tapril's awful family, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it, it's it, it's kind of cool to see that, to see them both uh, get that strength. And then, of course, they have to, at least in that moment, find each other 
because they've just been through this very similar thing and bared their souls. Um, do you want to throw in another uh, shout out to um, to Pring's father? Um, oh my god! I he, that was so it it should have bothered me because it wasn't very Vulcan. Like I didn't feel like he was very Vulcan, mm-hmm. but I don't care because his performance right. was amazing and I loved it. And I also right. usually hate the trope of like the henpecked husband, but he did such an amazing job and I loved him so much. <laughs> I, I feel like he he's yes we haven't seen any vulcan like that until now now we met the one who's like that <laughs> and, and it is perfect that he's married to to prill and, and by the way uh to prill that is the name of the character that april Eber, friend of our show and friend to many of us played at star trek the experience for a number of years not the same character but they do share a name. They are separated by what a couple hundred years of canon history. Uh, so very different. So um, yeah, uh, just ju- just so everybody knows, because I think April posted something about that on her Facebook page. Listen, Cherie, fabulous to see you. We've got to wrap it up tonight and uh, say goodbye to everybody. But it has been a pleasure, and I hope that we see you again soon. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right, take Bye. care of you too. Thanks. Bye. Heather, we did it and we get to do it again. I think I'm going to be on with you the next couple of weeks because Norman will be traveling. So it's That's our show. Right. Sweet. Yeah. We will fly and the you, ship together. We will fly the <laughs> ship. And uh, yeah, don't tell Norman if we mess anything up. Yeah, he will be here to see it, right? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, with that, Mission Log Live is produced by Rottenberry Entertainment. Technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live is by the incandescent Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcast. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Special thanks to my co-host, Heather Barker, for yet another fantastic fantastic mission log live coverage of strange new worlds thank you to everyone who joined us live or later and we look forward to seeing all of you next week this is a roddenberry podcast for more great podcasts visit podcast.roddenberry.com